horizon is a beautiful picture from our creator. It's also symbolic of hopes, dreams, and a future. But to see a horizon, we must lift our eyes and look up, out, and beyond ourselves. This past two years of COVID has had a devastating effect on individuals, families, churches, and our country. As a result, many people are without hope, are filled with anxiety, and are unable to see a horizon because circumstances of life has caused them to look down or around or within themselves. As believers at Grace Point, we must refocus our attention. We must recast our vision and lift our eyes to see the horizon that God has presented us. In scripture, it says in Psalms, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. In Isaiah, it says, lift up your eyes on high and behold who has created all these things. And Jesus said in Luke, lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. So what is our recast vision for the influence of our church for the next five years? I believe God is calling us to reach and disciple 2,000 people within the next five years. That involves expanding our discipleship base beyond our Sunday morning worship services. That includes inviting and praying for our friends and neighbors to come to our church. That includes expanding the financial base of Grace Point by at least 150 new givers. That also includes updating our older facility so that we can have engaging environments and more opportunities to reach more children, teenagers, and adults. As we look forward with anticipation of Christ's return, we must continue working while we're waiting, working to advance His kingdom. And that requires us at Grace Point Church to lift up our eyes and look up, out, and beyond ourselves to the horizon that God has before us. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever, amen. I'm excited for what God has on the horizon for Grace Point Church. Amen, boy. Today begins a new day, a new dawn, a new horizon for Grace Point Church. God has blessed our church with a very rich history. And digging into the history of our church, it goes back to 1904, there have been milestone moments in our church history that have be, were anchors for that church and for the people who later came to our church. And today is going to begin a new milestone moment in the life and history of our church that I, begin, that I believe that will anchor not only and bless our church in the present, but also for other families and individuals that God would bring to our church later. Now, let's begin with some reality. The last two years have been extremely difficult for all of us. All, all of us have, have faced division, fear, the unknown, mandates, loss, etc., etc. 
this last two years have been brutal on churches across America. And there's a number of churches who no longer exist today. They did not survive. The fallout and division and the church canceled culture that COVID revealed. This, most of this past two years at Grace Point Church, we've been in survival mode. We've been holding on. We've been hunkering down. We've been like, okay, let's just, let's just make it to another week. But God. But God has sustained Grace Point Church. But God has not only sustained our church, but has provided for our church. And God has even blessed and above and beyond our church. And I just want to say to those of you who called Grace Point your home prior to any of us even, heard, uh, even hearing the word COVID, for those of you who that was, you know, we were your church family and you stayed and you financially gave, I just want to say thank you. Can we thank those who have stayed and given and financed? My heart is full and emotional and is filled with gratitude. Thank you. But God, in the midst of this, the last couple of years, has blessed us with new families, with new individuals that now are calling Grace Point their home. Can we thank God for our new family members? Thank you so much. And uh, this is a perfect time. Uh, if, if you're coming and you're checking out, is this the place that God wants our, our family to come? Uh, that you pick, you, Your timing is impeccable because we are launching this thing called, called the Horizon Initiative. Horizon Initiative. And here's, here's, here's what, what, what I believe God has called us to do. We're done holding on. We're done hunkering down. It is time to move forward as a church. It is time to take new ground for the kingdom and say, God, use our church like you've never used it before. And I say, this is a new horizon before us. And in order for us to, to see that horizon, we have to look up. We have to look out and beyond ourselves. It's so easy. It's so easy for us. We're wired to kind of look down, look within. And God wants us to look out, out and beyond ourselves. Now, as I said in the video, the, I've been praying for a, a new recast vision. That's not any really different than our last previous vision to build a vibrant church to, to reach the unchurched, but a, a one that is a little more tangible that God has put in my heart. I've been praying for over a year, revealed it to our elders a few months ago, and they've uh, thoroughly got behind it. And you saw it on the video. Here's the new recast vision is this, is to reach and disciple 2,000 people in Kitsap County within the next five years. Now, this is a vision that only God can accomplish. Only God can accomplish. When I was young and stupid, and some of, I'm still stupid at times, but when I was a young senior pastor, lead pastor, you know, I just thought, man, you know, my, my talents, my personality, my passion, my leadership, you know, God can do great things. Wrong. God has humbled me to go, Barry, I want to remind you, without me, you can do Nothing, And I fully realize that this is not for me and it's impossible. But with God, 
all things are possible. So we launch, not only for the next five years, but a Horizon initiative for the next two years, understanding our transient culture. So the next two years, we're going to challenge you in a lot of areas of your life, and it's going to stretch you and hopefully increase your faith. And that is why when you walked in this morning, I want every one of you to have one of these. No, 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 we'll take one for the family. No, seriously, we want every one of you to have, uh, have your own copy of this. If you're watching online, if you haven't yet to fill out the online connect card, go to uh, this link right here, our website. Find the online button and click on that. Drop down to online family. Fill out the connect card so we can mail you. Uh, we've already mailed out dozens of these people across uh, the Kids Up County that are, are not able to be here or across the country because we're going to go through this. I'm going to encourage you to walk through this and also take notes in this starting today. But um, as we get, get ready to launch, and by the way, if you're in the room, you can turn to page 24 and take notes, but please don't read, all right? <laughs> this, is, this is reading later, but, uh, but I, want, I want your full attention up here because to launch this initiative, we must put the first things First, So if you have a copy of God's Word, turn to the Old Testament, little book called Haggai. All right, a little book, is, I kind of put, I say it's between the ZZ brothers, right, uh, right between Zephaniah and Zechariah. If, if you go too fast, you'll miss it, but it's a rich book that we're going to launch this series about making God our first priority. Now, the backstory of this is that the first group of returning captives from the Babylonian captivity, God sent them back, prophesied it through Isaiah. They came back, and now a new empire, Persia, was, was running the world. And, and King Cyrus allowed the first remnant to go back to, uh, to Israel. And he also gave them the supplies and the funds necessary to rebuild the temple that King Nebuchadnezzar destroyed when he conquered them a number of years earlier. So they came back, laid the foundation, did all the work for the foundation, and then life happened. They, they, you know, pregnancies happened, you know, births happened, uh, fields needed to be planted and harvested. Life happened, and, and now God is calling back to them because it had been a number of years that the work of God had lied dormant. And I don't believe the people were in complete sin or rebelliousness against God. I think they just got distracted. <clears throat> now, you've got to understand, distraction is one of the primary tools of Satan to get our eyes off of God and off, off purpose. And so they, they were distracted by, by, by life, by, by everyday living and providing for their families, and that's fine, but they got distracted, and God was no longer the first priority. So let's pick up chapter 1, verse 2. It says, this is what the Lord Almighty says. These people, my people, say, the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai, is it a time for you, for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains a ruin? Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are never 
warm, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. This is what the Lord Almighty says. He repeats it. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up to the mountains and bring down timber and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why, declares the Lord Almighty, because of my house, which remains a ruin, while each of you is busy with your own house. Therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew and the earth its crops. I called for a drought on the fields and on the mountains and on the grain, the new wine, the olive oil, and everything else the ground produces on people, on livestock, and all the labor of your hands. Now, if you're taking notes on page 24, uh, here's the central point is this, is that God desires to bless you. God is the best heavenly father you ever could imagine, and he wants to bless his children. God desires to bless you, but your priorities either help or hinder what God wants to do in your life. This principle, if you're new to Bible study, is so true. God wants to bless you. By the way, in this passage, God's not mad. God's not angry. God's not saying, you better do this or I'm going to bring the wrath of God back down. He's not. He is a heavenly father saying, I love you. I brought you back into the land. I've provided for you. But I've withheld blessings from you because I'm not a priority. You've been distracted. And by the way, Satan distracts us often with good things. Not evil, sinful things. He does that too. It's called temptation. But God is saying, I want to bless you. And I have withheld the the rain and withheld the dew and withheld the crops. But I want to bless you. But I want to bless you. But your priorities either help or hinder what God wants to do in your life, in your family's life. It's up to us. Now, let's dive in a little bit. Look at verse 3 and 7. It repeats twice. When God says one time, better listen. We repeat so you better really listen. He says, give careful thought. All right, give careful thought. That in Hebrew means it's time to examine. It's time to evaluate. It's time to look in the mirror. Time to really take a look around you. Take a look at your life. Take a look at your family. Take a look at your finances. Take a look at the blessings of God. Examine and evaluate, and then he says, give careful thought to your ways. So the word ways means direction, the, the path that you are on. Now I added the principle of the path, and if you've been around her a while, I've used, I've said a lot over the years. Here as your lead pastor, the principle of the path is this, direction determines your destination, not intention. Well, God, we intended to rebuild the temple, doesn't, doesn't count. We're all of, all of us are on a path, and every path leads to a destination. So God is saying to his people that he loves, give careful thought, examine, evaluate the direction you are headed, the direction of your family. You are headed into a direction, and I am giving you hints that you're going 
in the wrong direction. I'm, I'm giving you hints. I'm giving you hints. See, Israel, they knew something was missing. Something wasn't just right. I mean, they came back and they're celebrating. We, got, we finally got freed from captivity. We get to go home, answer to prophecy. This is awesome. God's even provided the, the, the resources for us to rebuild the temple. But then after a period of time, there was something that's just not right. Look at all the clues God had given them. Look again at verse 6. These are clues from God. It says, you planted much but harvested little. You eat but don't have enough. You drink, don't have your fill. You put on clothes but aren't warm. You, you earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in them. Where did all the money go? Have you ever had that thought of, my money took off. Where did it go? And then verse 9, you expected much, but see, it turned out little. What you brought home, I blew away. You can get mad at the government all you want. Oh, darn government. Always wants You can get mad at whatever, and God's going, no, 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 no. I did it. I'm trying to get your attention that my blessings have been pulled back from you. Give careful thought. Here's a picture, I, think, I love that verse where it says you, you put, it's like you're putting wages in a purse with holes in it. And this, this is what happens when we're not careful, we get distracted. And, and God, you know, every good and perfect gift, God, you know, provides us health, God provides us income, God provides us relationships, all sorts of things. But when, as a child of God, God is not first, He's not, the be he's not the highest priority. This is what life is like. It's, it's leaking all over the place. But man, where did it go? Okay, I need some more. And it just, it just leaks out. It's called, in life, you know, you got to pay things and stuff. But when we're, we're are not in right standing with God and God keeps dropping down the priority list. Our family's more important. And, we, and God knows our family's important, but our family's more important. Our kids, you know, our job, our career. God says, no, no, no. I, I want to bless you like this. Press down, shaken together, overflowing. Overflowing. And out of the overflow, you just... Man, I get to give back. I get to serve. I get to be a blessing to other people. But when God is not a priority and things are leaking out, you're like, I, I can't do that. I can't do what God is asking me to do because I, I need it. God goes, no, no, no. I will provide all that you need and then some. But I'm giving you hints. That's why he says, give careful thought to your ways. Examine which which life do you, uh, is going on in your life right now? One with holes in it or overflowing with blessings? See, God desires to bless you. He's the greatest heavenly father that you can even dream of. Of like, man, I want to bless you. I want to bless you. But I'm not your first priority. You've, you've put even Good people in front of me, people that you love, people that I've put in your life as a blessing. Now you're, they're, they're, they're the higher priority than I am. So how did the people respond when they were really confronted by God through this prophet? Did they get mad? Did they get offended? 
Like, I can't believe this. Here's how people responded in chapter one. The people obeyed. It goes on to say, the people feared the Lord. Now, it's not a, I'm afraid of you. No, it's respect, honor. We're going to obey because we're going to honor God. We're going to put God first. And they came and began to work on the house of the Lord Almighty. That's how they responded. Okay, so then how did God respond to their response? In chapter 2, this is how God responded. Several times, two times he said, be strong. Be strong. Then a little bit, a couple of verses later says, I am with you. Do not fear. Now why is God saying, he's not going, woo, yay, yay, yay. He's telling them, be strong, be strong. I'm with you. Do not fear. Why? Because any time you march forward in faith and in sacrifice and in putting God first, there's opposition and it will be scary. And God has to remind you, yes, it's going to be scary, but I'm with you. Be strong. Be strong. Do not fear. So I don't know where you're at with God. What's the top priority in your life? But if God is not, life just doesn't work the way it's supposed to when he drops down. And to put him back in first position over your career, over your hopes, dreams, and desires, over the people in your life that you love, to put God the first priority is going to be scary because it's called faith. Don't fear. Don't fear. Then I love, I love verse, verse 9. This is what God responded. He said this, that the glory of this present home, the, 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 the rebuilt temple, the glory of this present home will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place, I love this, I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. When I came across this verse, I went, God, that's what I pray for Grace Point. That's what I pray for Grace Point. God, you've given us a rich heritage. You've given us some, some pillars of our past, who, of pastors and people of faith. And, and in scary times, they, they, they came out and they stepped by faith. And we are all standing on their shoulders. They, many of them have gone to heaven and, and God, what we're, what we're asking you to do and use us in ways in Kitsap County, you've never, been, never used us before. And God, may your blessing on our church be even greater than it has been in the past. And it's for your glory, for your kingdom, for all this. And, and I love this part. It says, Lord, I want whatever we do moving forward, that, that this place, this church will be a place that people find peace. First of all, they find peace with God, Romans 5 says. That they were separated from God. They're in darkness and they come and they hear about Jesus and they hear about the forgiveness and the love of Christ and the sacrifice on the cross and they have peace with God. I was just blown away, surprised a few days ago by an email. This guy's John, he says, you don't know me. But 14 years ago, God used you. And I still, he goes, I still remember starting the other, this is 2008. 
started the, the year with the series and you asked this question, are you saved? It's triggered my mind. I remember that series, no assumptions. So God was like, don't assume everybody that is sitting, you know, back when we still had pews um, in the Old Testament auditorium. Don't assume. So the whole series was no assumptions. Are you saved? And he said, I was like, of course I am. He goes, then you ask this question, but have you surrendered? And I think it ticked him off. Because he goes, I thought, what? I, don't, I have never surrendered to anybody. He goes on to say in the email that God got a hold of his heart. And he says, I was an alcoholic and I realized I was not saved. And later in the series, he says, I came home, got down by his nightstand and prayed and surrendered his life to Jesus Christ. He says, I just want to tell you that these past 14 years, I have continued to live my life on the foundation of Jesus Christ. I don't want people to come here and find church. I don't want people to come here and find religion. That kind of makes me nauseated. But to find peace with God through Jesus Christ, amen to that. To come and find peace in their life, peace in their family, reconciliation, and, and, and marriages getting restored and healed through the power of the gospel. That's what I pray. And God was saying, hey, if you put me first, I'm going to have this house have greater glory than the previous house of God. That just fires me up. But I'm going to show you in this verse, there's two times God declares himself, describes himself as Lord Almighty. In fact, I went and counted 12 times in this little book, little book. 12 times God all throughout this little book is referring to himself as Lord Almighty. He's trying to remind the people that I had power, all power, to release you from the bondage in Babylon, and I brought you back. I had power to do that. I have all power to provide for your needs. I have all power to bless you beyond what you can think or even imagine. I have all power, but I'm not first place. Put me in first place and watch me work in your life and in your home and in your family. All, he is Lord Almighty. This God, same God that I serve, is the same God has all the power to turn your life around, turn your family around, and to bless you because all of it comes from him. So in this month, I'm gonna boldly, without hesitation, challenge our Grace Point family to commit to growing spiritually. And I tell you, once you take a decision, I'm gonna commit to actually growing in my faith with God and I'm stagnant and I'm kind of in neutral, I'm lukewarm. You start growing in your faith and watch out. Go ahead and go to the next slide there. That commit to growing spiritually. Thank you, Alex. He's my good friend. I miss this. Thank you. Before I... Just forget what I just said 30 seconds ago. <laughs> this is a cool part. At the very end of Haggai, 
God writes, on this month, on this day, from this day on, I will bless you. He waited until they fully committed and actually started putting God first and started the work again. And then he says, from this day forward, on this month, on this day, from this day on, I will bless you. I know about you. I want me some of that. I want me some of that. Now, here's my challenge, bully challenge, is for, to commit. I'm gonna challenge you to commit to grow spiritually, not stay in the gear that you're in. I'm gonna challenge all of us to commit to invite faithfully. As churches are declining quickly, this is a, an awesome opportunity to invite people to church. And the power of persuasion, this is what God's doing in my life, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're going to pray and invite. And I'll talk about that more next week. That we're going to actually, by name, beginning to pray for our coworkers, our neighbors, our family members, that God would bring them to Grace Point Church. But then also I'm going to challenge you to give generously. Give generously. God knows your giving habits way better than I do. I, I, don't, I don't dive into the weeds. Uh, uh, at, here at our church, but I know that there's a number of you, they're not giving anything. I'm gonna challenge you because out of my love is like, knock that off. If this is your church family, you gotta obey scripture and begin to give. I'm gonna challenge us to give generously. Now, as I look at all of this, that we're gonna challenge our church with all that's in here. And then I look at our news and our country in our economy, let me just say, if I'm following the news, we're not moving forward. If I'm following the news, we're not, we're gonna buckle down even more. If I'm following the news, I'm not gonna be thinking about, God, can we reach 2,000 people and disciple them? And if I'm following the news, there's no way I'm gonna challenge this we need to raise 1.9 million to update our facility and add some things and relaunch learning environments that are in desperate need of upgrading. The last thing I'm gonna do is let's, let's, let's go for this $1.9 million if I'm following the news. But I'm not saying this in pride. I'm just saying this out of conviction. I'm not following the news. I'm trying to follow the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I'm trying to follow the Lord Almighty, the Lord Almighty that is more powerful than inflation, the Lord Almighty that's more powerful than any virus the world is freaking out over, the Lord Almighty that has the power to change Kitsap County as the number one unchurched county in Washington, number seven in the country. God Almighty can change that. And I'm going... Can you use us? Can you use me for your glory to advance your kingdom? God, you are Lord Almighty. And if I take my eyes off of him, I will sink. And I'm challenging all of us to lift up our eyes, us, and follow after Christ. Yes, and I taught First Thessalonians and Revelation that the Lord is coming back. Jesus is coming back. Woohoo! But we are commanded from Scripture that as we're looking for him, we're working for him. 
As we're waiting for him, we're working to advance his kingdom. I vote he comes today before my team beats the Rams. I'm telling you, I pray he'll come today. I pray that this will be irrelevant in a moment. But I don't know when God's coming back, but we have business to do, the Lord's business to do. And I pray we'll do it together. The heart of God is to bless you. The heart of God is to bless you, so give careful thought to your ways. Are you helping or are you hindering what God wants to do in your life and in your family and in your finances and in your faith? I've asked this question so many times as your lead pastor over these years. My question is this, how bad do you want God's blessing in your life? We can say all the time, oh yeah, I want, I, want, I want God's blessing. But how bad do you want it? Blessing always follows obedience. Blessing always follows obedience. This past spring did a number of, it seemed like you know, COVID kind of, there was a window of time and there's all these people who want to get, got and want to get married. It was like, man, I was doing so much marriage counseling that was coming out of my ears. And on several occasions, when I talked to them, find out where they're at, I'm like, okay, whoa, 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 you're sleeping together. Okay, um, God, that's not honoring God. Let me ask this question. You, got, got, you want God's blessing in, in your life, in your marriage? Oh, yeah, great. Stop sleeping together. And there's been several of them that came to me on the verge of, of their wedding and our last, our last gathering meeting together. And they're like, we did it. <laughs> we, 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 we trusted in God. It was hard. And they said, we started seeing God's blessing. And I'm like, that was my cheerleading. Okay. So how bad? Do you want God's blessing in your life, in your family's life, in your business life? Are you business? We got a lot of cool business owners. And then put God first. In uh, Matthew chapter six, after all these things, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. God's gonna provide all your needs. Jesus said this, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness basically means do what's right according to God. Seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and all these things you're worried about, all these things that you need provided will be given to you as well. But it starts here. Then Colossians chapter one, probably the greatest section about describing who Jesus is. He's, the, he's the, really the face of the invisible God in flesh. And then it goes on, it says that he, Christ, is before all things. And in him, all things hold together. You find out your life's falling apart, probably because you're not walking in Christ. Your family's spinning out of control. No, you, you, you follow after Christ. And in him, all things hold together. If you both of you do it. And he is the head of the body, the church, verse 18. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. Now, I love even the wording that Paul gives. It doesn't mean that Jesus come and takes first place. No, he's given first place. He, he, God's not gonna force himself to be first place in your life. First place in your family, first place in your company, 
but he deserves it. And if we let him, he deserves first place in everything. So here's your homework. Ready for homework? Make sure you have one of these. I want you to go through every single page, my letter, my explanation, a lot of work, and prayerfully read through every single page. And with your heart and your mind and your attitude, pray this, God, what are you asking me to do? What are you asking our family to do? Because trust me, if you do what your pastor wants you to do, that means nothing. There's no power there. God, what do you want me to do, us to do? What do you want me to do? And I'm going to challenge you to be willing to make a commitment to make a commitment. Let me say that again. Some of you are still early. Be willing to make a commitment to make a commitment that God says what I want you to do. My mom would always say this, be willing to be willing. Be willing to be willing to do what God will want you to do. I love this church. I bleed for this church. God has humbled me enough to know I can't do Jack. I want him to use our church for his kingdom so badly. So God, would you do a God movement in our hearts? And use us in ways you've never used us before. For your glory. For your kingdom. I continue to pray this, God. And in your name, I pray. Amen. You're brand new. You're checking this out, man. Your timing's amazing. Because <laughs> if, if this is not where God wants you, it's fine. We, we can help you go to other churches. But we want people who God has called that this is my church. Faults and all. This is where God's calling us. And so you get a chance to see our heart, our passion, and our faith. May God bless you. Be, be in prayer. Bring your books back next week because I'm going to refer to different things. And we'll see what God's going to do. Amen? Amen. Have a, if you're a guest today, go to guest services. We've got a gift. We've got a gift. If you're a guest, may God bless you. Have a great day.